0: Raven like a lunatic.
1: Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maze and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now,
0: here's your host, Brandon Brown joined as always by Chris Breiler.
1: it is Wednesday my dudes oh, I just gonna start by saying go blue it's Wednesday night Wednesday night here on the live stream and you know Chris we uh we talked about it and we pretty much we pretty much decided just to go with the flow tonight right i mean we kind of did on monday i mean we had our structure we did our burning questions we we revisited the predictions we talked about some of the specifics of the game and i'm sure some of that same stuff's going to come up tonight but we decided that we were just going to kind of go with the flow see what comes in um in terms of comments from people on facebook twitter and youtube and i want to start right there first of all we really really appreciate uh, all the people that tune in with us each week, because honestly the numbers are are going up and it's actually pretty nice. Like, I think it, I don't, what was it? Was it like a bar stool thing I sent you before? Like, you know, some bar stool account, <clears throat> excuse me, some bar stool account on Twitter that has like half a million followers and they were doing a live stream and they only had like 200 or 250 viewers. I mean, we're getting damn near hundred every week and we're, no, we're nowhere near as big as bar stool. So I just want to, give some appreciation and appreciation and a shout out to those who do tune in with us each week, who do expect us to be here, who are asking us about our specific segments, who are commenting over and over and over again. Uh, I mean, that's, that's the
0: thing that sticks out to me, the comments, like it's, it's to the point now, like when we started doing this thing, we would get like maybe a handful of comments. It's to the point now where it's really, really hard to keep up with all the comments that are coming in. And that's, to me, that's been the most fun part about it is, and that's what really sparked this idea was, these, you know, the, the involvement is so good and people bring such good ideas and talking points that uh, I think it's just good to open the open the, the entire platform and let's just have an open conversation. And if there's, you know, there's questions out there, let's let's chop it up and see if we can get a resolution like, you know, Patrick's already got one in and he wants to discuss Josh Ross. And I know we haven't really spent much time on Josh Ross this year, but any thoughts to, to Patrick's question?
1: Yeah, I mean, so on paper he's looked pretty good. He ha- he he always he's always at or near the top of the tackle list, which you would expect from your middle linebacker. I mean, that's not that's not a surprising thing. It's not like he's fly You don't you don't watch the film and be like, damn, he's flying all over the field. Like your middle linebacker is going to lead you in tackles. That's typically how it goes. But there have been quite a few times where he's been out of position. You know, some of the play action RPO stuff where he's getting sucked up. I mean, the the Nebraska play comes to mind right away. I'd have to go back and really dissect it and see like, okay is this definitely Josh Ross's responsibility? Where is he at? Where is he supposed to be at? Where's the safety at? Where are the other linebackers at? But but I, I do think that, you know, he's he's never he's never been the most dynamic athlete. I mean, I think even he would tell you that, you know, he lost some weight this year because he wanted to be a little lighter on his feet. He wanted to be faster and he's just not that guy. He's not a freaky athlete. He's really smart. He's really, uh, he's pretty, he's a sound tackler. I feel like when he is in position, but I, I, I do agree. I think he's been out of position a little bit here and there. He's a great leader. Yeah. Mal or Maul, However you say that from YouTube, he's a great leader. He was picked as a captain for a reason, super smart Michigan guy through and through, obviously older brother played there. So it's like, it's in his veins, but yeah, athletically, I mean, he is a little bit limited and I think that's showed up a few times on film this year. And, um, I don't know if I'd want to say overrated because I don't think he, you know, I don't think anybody came in thinking like he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the big 10. I mean, he's a starter on Michigan's team. He's a senior, he's a captain and you pretty much know what you're going to get with him. Now, sometimes that's not the best outcome, but I don't know. I I don't know if I would say overrated, but I definitely think if you went back and looked game by game, snap by snap, you would find him, you know, not, you know, maybe not being, uh, not being in the right place at the right time all the time. That's, that's what I would say.
0: Yeah. And, and there's probably a reason why Cam and once he got into that spot, took that spot and never looked back. And it's not a knock against Ross. It's, to, it's just, I think what a lot of people have said is that he is a solid piece of that defense, especially in terms of leadership, I think that's the biggest role he serves on the defensive side and and on the team in general. But in terms of, you know, making the right reads, making the right calls, being in position, being where you need to be, it seems like it's becoming a common theme where he's out of position or, you know, he's just he's not quite where he needs to be. Full disclosure, I don't watch his game that closely. I do see in the stat section, you know, after the game, he's always leading in tackles. But to your point, when you play that position, you're probably going to lead in tackles on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, to your point, I think, you know, solid player, good leader. But I'd overrated. I I, I don't think that's fair because I think you make a good point that nobody, I didn't expect him to be elite. I think we're getting out of Josh Ross is what I expected to get out of Josh Ross. I. You know what I It's a, it is a it is a discussion maybe
1: I could have because I think if we went back I think you could listen I think you could find clips of me saying that Michigan had a very and I may have even used the word elite I don't think I did but I I do remember saying you have a very very good player at all three levels that was Aiden Hutchinson and I said Josh Ross and I said Daxton Hill and maybe that was a little bit too too much of a, of a of an adjective to use for him because i what you just said kind of feel feels right now i think you're kind of getting out of him what you thought you were going to get out of him but i i may have praised him a little bit before the season so that's you know like i said if i went back and really watched in depth each snap that he's played in each game um yeah you could probably nitpick quite a bit out of it that he hasn't done super well um but yeah. you know I, I don't know i i mean i i think he in the grand scheme of things i don't think like michigan's shortcomings on defense fall on him i think i could say that sure pretty fairly too but uh, it's a it's an interesting discussion for a fifth year right. hey
0: that is a hell of a question to start off the show good.
1: i mean we just had 5 minutes of talking about josh ross's play when typically that doesn't really get discussed all that discussed all that much so there yep. you go here's another great one uh is is kenneth walker really that good or was it just poor tackling saturday he's really that good and there was poor tackling so it's compounded
0: um <clears throat> but even if there's good tackling walker is really that good i don't know i mean the only time you really saw him get tripped up was against indiana but you know it wasn't that it wasn't that michigan didn't have an opportunity to get to him he's just he's he's the mass he's thick. He he'll run you over, but he's also really good at the jump cuts. Like there was one play in particular. It might've even been the first touchdown he scored where he went into the pile. He jumped back. He cut out to the outside and he was gone. So he's got just this rare combination of speed, athleticism size. He's, he's really damn good. The Michigan defense did not play well on Saturday, but Walker is the real deal. He is.
1: Excuse me. He is a, he's a complete back. There's no doubt about it. And, part of the poor tackling is credited directly to Kenneth Walker. So I mean like sure. they kind of go hand in hand. I think he's really freaking good. I think Michigan did miss some tackles, but I think he forced a lot of missed tackles as well. So I mean I think it's kind of a kind of a combination of all those things. Um Lee Brannon. Hell yeah, we can talk about the lack of killer instinct. Uh I I I think that is the I think that is the lone biggest reason for Saturday's loss is the lack of killer instinct, the lack of making a play when you had to have it and basically settling for field goals when you needed touchdowns. That's that, that to me above all else was the, was the biggest issue. I mean, would you like to not have the other guys running back run for five touchdowns? Yeah, but he's really freaking good. And like, I, again, I think looking back at it, it wasn't like Michigan was horribly out of position. He just, he found a little seam. He'd break a tackle, slide through an arm tackle jump cut. And he was, you know he had a couple long ones, but anyway, I I think the biggest issue on Saturday was that lack of killer instinct, and I think I mentioned this on last week's or on uh, on Monday's podcast when I got home and watched some other football on Saturday, and I watched Penn State and Ohio State. Ryan Day and Ohio State went for it on like fourth and two, like inside the twenty, and I said you couldn't pay Jim Harbaugh a ten million dollar bonus to do that he's not going for it on fourth and one or two. Well, there, there was,
0: there was that specific instance, right? I go back to that. Uh, that. <laughs> <You're gonna cross laughs> I, go, to jam, I go, I go back to the, the punt by Brad Robbins or what looked like it was going to be a fake punt. You know, I remember being up in the press box and giving Jim Harbaugh a ton of credit for making such a gutsy call in the game and then come to find out afterwards. It was literally, he just mishandled <laughs> the snap and you know, he, he almost got the first down. So, I think I think you make a good point there Lee that you're right there it seems like when Michigan has the opportunity when they've got their foot on the throat of an opponent they just don't have that killer instinct the ability to put them away put the game away it seems like it's a it's an issue where there's always teams that are sort of hanging around and getting an opportunity and I said going into the Michigan state game. That was exactly how I thought it was going to go. That Michigan would look like they were going to be in control early. Michigan state would rally late. And then we would have to figure out who was going to be the better team from there. But I didn't feel all that confident about Michigan's chances in that scenario. And it literally played out exactly the way I thought it would. It was, I mean, it happened in a different manner, but the overall picture, the end result played out pretty much exactly the way I thought it would.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good question, but I think it's a super easy answer, Sam. Um, How come Michigan can't handle tempo on defense? Because they don't run tempo. That's why. Because when you try to recreate something in practice that you don't do or you're not naturally good at or isn't a part of what your offense is about, it's really hard to make it look like it's going to look on Saturday. And, Yeah. yeah, Michigan has moved into the 21st century in some regards. They don't huddle. They have the phantom, you know, the phantom clap and then the look over to the sidelines to get the call. That's all part of the new age offense, but they don't go fast. They have it in there. I mean, if they're down, you know, if they're, if they're up against the clock with a minute to go before halftime, sure, they can speed it up and go, but Michigan is, Michigan is not a tempo team. They don't try to create mismatches and get the other, other defense out of whack by going fast. Like you just, you don't see that. They st- they go up to the line. They got the phantom call. They look over there. It's. It's pretty slow. It's pretty deliberate. Jim Harbaugh still values time of possession. Even when I, I think that's one of the most useless stats in football these days. You know what? It almost looks like.
0: I mean, look at, look at 2015 and and go back and look at all of the years. It almost looks like the same general package in different wrapping paper. Like it's presented a different way. We're going to do some things here on like a jet sweep and a shovel pass or whatever, but I haven't really seen the level of like creativity and explosiveness that I thought we were going to see from the Michigan offense. I know the question was about the defense, but I think you, you address that. Well, that's just, that's not their forte. That's not what they do well. And when you see, you, you could see the result on Saturday, multiple substitution mistakes that were costly. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm trying
1: to keep up with these questions, but it's even harder when we're trying to grab each one <laughs> individually. If we so,
0: see some of the similar I, ones, I, like, well, you know,
1: I apologize if I skip yours because there are a lot coming in. And, and as we stop to talk about them, more and more are coming in at the bottom. So just just bear with me a little bit here, guys, because I, I do appreciate the input. Uh, so kind of back to the Josh Ross and the linebacker situation. Do we think we will see more of Mike Barrett? I, I don't know. I mean, like, he was kind of the odd man out because they got rid of the Viper position and he's a little undersized, but he can run. That's a valid question. I mean, you know, I wonder... You know, is Mike Barrett the kind of guy who doesn't get burnt by a tight end on an RPO play or a play action player? Does he have a little bit more to offer sideline to sideline when you're chasing down these spread offenses? I, I think that's a legitimate question. But again, with without seeing what's going on in practice and seeing how he adjusted to the new scheme and the new system and how good he is at what they're asking that position to do now versus when he was a Viper, I don't know. I, I I mean, there's really no way for us to answer that question. Cause he, he yeah. hasn't played very much this year. And I I don't know what, I don't know what it's looking like, you know, when he is in there, I'm sure he's getting reps in practice, but it, if it's with the second or third team, you just wonder, you know what that really looks like.
0: But I think, I think you made a point that, you know, when it comes to. As <laughs> so I'm looking at Michael Miller's question. All right. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still going through a bunch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what you said last year, that if, if he was obviously a focal point of the defense last year. He was, he was a crucial part of what they were trying to do. Guys like that don't just become less talented and less able to produce on the field. And so you're right, for, for guys like us, all we can do is speculate as to why he's not in there. But you're right, Josh Ross hasn't been overly impressive to this point, and you wonder if Michael Barrett maybe is better in certain situations where Ross would otherwise be out of position.
1: Man, Lee, Lee Brandon, come with another big one. And this has been something that has been all over social media. I talked a little bit about it on what uh, it would have been Monday. And of course, got some blowback on Twitter. Shocker, right? You something got like, blowback yeah, on Twitter? Something I said people didn't have, didn't agree with. Look, man. Andrew Anthony played 76 snaps through seven games and didn't have a catch. And then on Saturday, he played 72 snaps, had six catches for 155 yards and two touchdowns, and looked like one of the more dynamic, fast, contested catch-making wide receivers on the team. If you automatically didn't think like, man, I'm kind of surprised, like not even questioning or challenging the coaches, because they were trying to figure some stuff out. Ronnie Bell goes down, then Roman Wilson goes down, but honestly, like, with those two things happening, you'd think like, here's an even bigger reason why Andrell could have been in the game. Two guys that were supposed to play a lot are suddenly not in the lineup. I don't, I don't know how you possibly couldn't have the natural thought of like, man, why wasn't he playing earlier? Does it, able- does it,
0: let me ask you, does it lend credit credibility to the whole secret, secret playbook, secret weapon? We're going to wait and unleash it when we, when we need it most, because, that's the only thing I can really think of that they, no. they didn't use him at all. And now all of a sudden at Michigan state, he looks like, I mean, he looks like he could be in, in Heisman contention. I mean, if you put, to, if you do that week in and week out, guess what? You're probably in New York. So how does that, how does that happen all of a sudden? I just, I think you make a good point that there seems to be this narrative that he needed to be brought along that he, he just, he needed more time and development and it's like, Dude, you don't you don't develop that much in 8 weeks to the point where you're oh. balling out. You're you're snagging balls off of the defender's head. So, two things that came at me after I brought up the
1: whole Andre. And by the way, it was I didn't ask the question at the press conference. Somebody else did, so I know there were a lot of people thinking it. And Andre's answer was incredible, I thought. He said, "You know, everybody had their time." Uh, you know, at the beginning we thought it would be Ronnie. Then he got hurt. Dalen Baldwin had a couple big weeks. Roman Wilson had a breakout game against Wisconsin. And now my number was called and I had a good game. Like that's an incredible answer from a true credit answer who may have been frustrated about not playing a little bit more, but you certainly couldn't tell by how he conducted himself or what he said. And then when he got his number called, he went out there and made plays. That's how you, that's how you prove that you should be out there. Um, but, but two of the things that came back to me were one was, He was a true freshman. He didn't know what he was doing. He had to he had to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, so he he probably just figured that out on like Thursday before the game. Like, what do you mean? We're eight. I I can understand if it's like week two, maybe. Like he wasn't quite ready yet. We're eight weeks into the season. He plays and he blows up. Like week seven, week
0: seven, not ready. Week eight.
1: That's all American. (laughs) It makes no that makes no sense to me. And the other one was. And I don't know, man. I mean, maybe maybe I am a little jaded because of what I think of Jim Harbaugh and his his accomplishments. But somebody said, if you ask me, this was the perfect way to use him because clearly he was ready and he had a huge game. So why not give the coaches praise for bringing him in right now and in this game? And I, it's, it goes back to what we just said. I just refuse to believe that he couldn't even touch the ball for seven weeks. And then in week eight, he does that. That that just seems like a stretch to me.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I see Justin. Can, can we go straight to Justin Jordan's comment? Because I see, I don't want to skip anybody that's oh, been in here. I'm and, like not even halfway down. If we do that, we're going to be. Are you going to, you're going to blow by a lot? A can, I, can I, can I say it without us putting, I just don't want us to. I, mean, I can go down and find it, I guess. Because this is one that I think is, if you if you look at the conversation well, the, that's... The four to six games one? Correct. If you look at the conversation that's taking place within the Michigan fan base right now, there is a healthy portion of the fan base that believes exactly what Justin just articulated there. That, hey, before the season... You guys didn't think Michigan was going to be good. Nobody thought Michigan was going to be good. They thought this was like a five or six win team. Now all of a sudden here they are seven and one number seven in the playoff rankings. They still got everything in front of them. Why aren't you giving Jim Harbaugh the props he deserves? And my response to that is we've seen Jim Harbaugh win seven games every year. He's been in Ann Arbor except the 2020 shortened season. Every other year he's done it. He's won seven games. So the idea that in year seven, we're supposed to sit back and look at a seven and one record and say, wow, we really lucked out. I got to give him the props he he deserves because they were way better than I thought they were going to be guys. You shouldn't even be thinking that going into year seven, this program should be at a point where it's up and running like a well-oiled machine. I give Jim Harbaugh all the credit in the world for the off season hires. I think it went a long way to towards contributing to the early success of the season. But at the end of the day, you expect Michigan to win the seven games they won, given how things transpired during the season. Wisconsin wasn't as good as everybody thought they were going to be. Washington wasn't as good as everybody thought they were going to be. Michigan's better than people thought they were going to be. That's true. But Jim Harbaugh doesn't get credit for doing what he's supposed to do or what he should be doing in his sleep. You make your money the second half of the season against, November, or against Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. That's what the job is. So this this idea that we're supposed to give him props and credit for a seven and one record, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. This is where Michigan should be at year seven. And listen, like, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. I I didn't think Michigan would come into the season seven and oh, I didn't think they would be ranked inside the top ten or number seven in the first playoff ranking. That's that's all accurate. But even me, who had them at seven and five preseason, that was my prediction. I had them at six and two right now. Like the first half of their schedule wasn't very tricky. Thought they'd lose to Wisconsin, thought they'd lose to Washington, thought they'd beat Michigan State. That was before the season started. Now, certainly, once you get into the year and you see what's happening, Washington loses to Montana. What Wisconsin doesn't look as good nearly as good as they have. And Michigan State's, oh, by the way, also undefeated. So those things changed a little bit. But overall, yeah, I'm with Chris. Like he hasn't really done anything that he hasn't done every year basically what's in those.
0: Look at, let's look at the seven, look at the seven wins, Justin. It's Rutgers, NIU, Western Michigan. I mean, even if you want to give him credit for some of the good wins that are in there, you know, you look at all of the seven wins, some of those, again, he could win those games in his sleep. This guy was brought here to win the games, the type of game that he lost this past Saturday. And the problem is that he routinely loses that type of game. So, At this point, people aren't excited about seven and one because they've seen it before and they know where it ends. It ends in nine and three or eight and four with a loss to your rivals, maybe maybe a loss in the, maybe 10 and two, but still no trophy. You lose the bowl game and it's a long off season. And then you go into the new year and you do the same thing over and over again. You get to a point in the season where you start to believe they trip up. The question is, why aren't you supporting this team? Yada, yada, yada. Here we are again, man. You, you wrote the article that I think everybody needs to read where you can literally pick and choose quotes and articles from the last, from the last seven years.
1: Let me do it real quick. I'll read a couple. I was on the radio with Jamie Morris today. And I said this, I said, listen, listen to these quotes, guys, we get another chance against, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll remove the, we get another chance to come out and prove that we're improving. We don't want everybody down. Keep our heads up. We still got a whole season ahead of us. We get to take this with a grain of salt. We have to come back stronger. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Those quotes are from Blake O'Neill, Willie Henry, and Kenny Allen in
0: 2015. That could have been from this weekend. Kudos to you, Justin Jordan. Kudos to you because you know what? Justin follows up that comment with, I hear you. I think I just like Jim as a person too much. And that, (laughs) That type of, that type of honesty, look, that type of honesty, I respect the hell out of it. You know why, Justin? Because I suffer from the same thing. I will criticize Jim Harbaugh till I'm blue in the face, but when I'm in the same room with him or he comes walking nearby, I am a fan of Jim Harbaugh. I can't help it. It's like in me, I want to see the guy succeed. The difference is I can't, I can't conflate my desire for him to succeed with the reality that he's not at least my definition of success. People might have def- different definitions, but by my definition of success, he's coming up short. So I think Justin, that that is a dose of honesty that a lot of people, a lot of people just don't have in them. I like him too. He's not doing good. Keep him around as like a mascot for the team. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Here's why we're not going to skip
1: ahead anymore because now that I scrolled down, all of those old com- comments are gone. I can't I can't see them anymore. Oh on, shit! On Streamyard, so we yeah we can't. We can't be doing that. So apologies again, for people who might it's not, my, it's my fault. There are actually quite a few questions that are pretty similar. So there's a good chance that whatever you ask is going to get, you know, addressed on some level, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to try to take them. I mean, there's a lot of them in there already. So again, appreciate that guys. Keep them coming. <sighs> um, I think this is a fair question in year three. Why has Josh Gaddis's offense not translated to Michigan. And is it as simple as they don't have the horses? I, you know, he came out out of the gates talking the speed and space and all this new, you know, explosive, we got to be explosive and big plays and receivers who can, you know, get yards after the catch. And it, I mean, they just haven't, they haven't even tried to do that. I mean, like we we've talked about it before, like some of the receiving cores that, you know, that they've had when it was Donovan Peoples, Jones, Tariq black, and Nico Collins. And I know Tariq black got hurt and he was, you know, yeah. he might not have had the best attitude about working and getting back on the field and whatever, but, Nico Collins and Donovan Peoples-Jones alone is good enough to go out there and make a lot of plays, and they just didn't. They didn't use them. They didn't try to get them the ball in, in certain situations to let them succeed. That's been one of my biggest problems with Jim Harbaugh's teams every year is that I feel like they ask their players to do things that they just can't do. I was pointing out examples of it against Michigan state. I asked somebody to take a screenshot, you know, cause we're in the, we're in the press box. I'm not watching it on TV. We're trying to keep up with what's going on. I said, somebody screenshot that play and send it to me. I don't remember exactly what the play was, but the Michigan offensive lineman and tight end were asked to, to block eight guys. It was six on eight and the run got stuffed at the line of scrimmage. I'm like, dude, that that's pre-snap stuff that you should see in peewee ball. Like that's not going to work. You can't ask six guys to block eight and think you're going to pick up three or four yards. It's not going to happen. And I feel like that's been there's been a lot of that over the years with Jim Harbaugh and his offenses and Gaddis. And it does kind of come back to I still think Jim Harbaugh has his fingerprints all over play calling and offenses, even though we're not really sure. Um I mean that that question has never been completely answered directly. But it just it doesn't look all that different than it's ever looked. And he's had multiple no. offensive
0: coordinators. Like I said, it's looks the same. The product looks the same. The wrapping paper might be a bit different. Maybe the formations are different. Maybe there's a little more pre snap movement going on, but in terms of like the actual execution on the football field, I don't see any noticeable difference with Josh Gaddis. In fact, if you look at the numbers, Michigan's offense was getting worse year after year under Josh Gaddis. Now I don't know where they're at this year. I haven't I haven't looked today, but I, I can guarantee you one point, part of, that of the offense is worse this year. Sure. So so point being, this is this is not about Michigan not having the talent. Michigan has. Plenty of talent to be competing for conference championships year in and year out. And the recruiting rankings reflect that every single year. And I say this all the time. I feel like I say it every time we're on the pod Mm -hmm. that over the last two decades, Michigan has been number one or number two in the conference, like 17 of the last 21 years or something like that. In terms of recruiting rankings, they're bringing in guys that are talented enough to win Big Ten championships. and, And we've seen teams do it with lesser talent. We've seen Penn State do it. We've seen teams like Iowa do it. We've seen teams like Michigan State go into Columbus and beat an Urban Meyer coach team. So we have seen other teams do it. The problem with Jim Harbaugh, he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't even have to go out and win national championships. He just has to prove that once he can get it done, and he hasn't, not once. Like at Michigan, getting it done means beating your rivals, primarily Ohio State, right? And until this guy beats Ohio state, nobody's going to care about the rest of it. And it's not looking like it's trending that way this year either. So that's a long winded response to say that Michigan is talented enough. I feel like the play calling and the the coaching generally holds this talented group of players back. Uh, And I feel for
1: them. So that leads, I mean, this is kind of, this would be more like a, a capper question towards the end, but what are the odds of Michigan winning out? Uh, I, I don't think they have a chance I mean what like in, in what world do you think that they're going to beat Ohio State I, ask, I okay I, I, how about I, this How about this
0: Darren and and I know I know Darren's just asking the question so I'm not I'm not going at Darren but ask yourself this how many times has it happened under Jim Harbaugh?
1: I mean, that's all that you don't need
0: you don't need to look here zero so whenever I'm trying to figure out odds I just kind of look at the track record and what has happened and the reality is it hasn't happened he has never won out in November ever. So the idea that this is going to be the year on the heels of what we saw happen in East Lansing, to me, East Lansing looked very similar, even though we had heard everything was different, looked very similar to some of the issues we've seen before. And the idea that, you know, you got to go to happy Valley. Obviously you've got Ohio state Maryland on the road before you got Ohio state. There are opportunities for this team to trip up specifically if they can, or, or, yeah. Specifically, if they continue to shoot themselves in the foot. So this is something that I've been
1: seeing. Th- I've seen thrown around a lot and even the players are kind of saying it. And I know I've heard it on social media and different places. Michigan is still in control of their own destiny season far from over. Uh, no, they're not. They need a Michigan state to lose twice to even have a chance to win out, beat Ohio state and go to the- go to Indy. So they're not, they're not in control of their own destiny. They already need help with four games left. They need Michigan State to lose twice before they're even in position to beat Ohio State to get to Indy. That that's just that's just a mathematical thing. That that, that head
0: thing. to have that head to head stuff counts. That's why you need to yeah. win these games. That's so why what? when that's why when we go into games like this and we say they're must win games because now you look at the situation you've got guys like Matthew thinking Michigan's still in control and they they're are not. not. They are dependent on another team who just beat them to shit the bed twice and twice. they might.
1: They, they could. Yeah,
0: they they play Michigan
1: State plays at Purdue, Maryland, I think Maryland at home, Penn State at home, and Ohio State. Like they've got two really hard games. And this 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 away game at Purdue this weekend is not a pushover. So but but no, Michigan, Michigan could literally win all four games and not go to Indy. That that's the that's the reality that they created by not getting it done on Saturday in East Lansing. That's what that's what they did. And that's why I said going in for a lot of other reasons, but mathematically and just for this season alone, they could not lose that game. And they did, man. They freaking did. And that's why that's why it's so frustrating. And that's why I don't understand the blind just support when it's 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 coming up short again in the only moments that matter. That well, and, the-
0: and and that's that's the you know, that's the whole There's a big segment of this that says, I can't believe one loss and, and everybody's jumping ship. And it's not,
1: no, it is a, a, it's, it's it's a track
0: record. It's a pattern. People are, uh, this is not the first time this conversation has taken place for people who feel similar to Brandon and I, this is a repetitive thing. It happens year in and year out. The idea that that we have to sit back, the idea that we have to sit back and wait until the end of this year before we say anything. It's like, why? Was I not supposed to say anything after year six, year five, year four, year three, year two? Like, come on. We're we're in this thing long enough now to where it's okay to have these conversations. And if you're uncomfortable having them, you better find a way to get comfortable because they're not going away, especially if the results continue.
1: Can I read another quote real quick? Jeff Seidel of the Detroit Free Press wrote, um... The offense looked awfully familiar and weak. Once again, Michigan couldn't beat a ranked team on the road. Stop me if that sounds like a broken record. That's 17 straight road losses against ranked opponents.
0: That was in 2018. Okay, hey, let me let me add on to that. I sent you a video the other day. You can you can label us as haters. Charles Woodson 2019. You, might know, you guys might know him. 2019, Charles Woodson, week 3. You know what Charles Woodson saying in week 3 in 2019? that Michigan was walking into a must-win game. They were walking into a must-win game. Week 3, 2019, that's Charles Woodson. You know what happened in that must-win game? Michigan got their ass kicked by Wisconsin. (laughs) Charles Woodson Woodson also said in that same segment that Wisconsin was a must-win game because Ohio State was a must-win game. And in order for Ohio State to matter, they had to beat Wisconsin. Guess what happened when Michigan played Ohio State in 2019? They got their ass kicked. This was 2019 guys like Charles Woodson are saying must win games, do or die. The seat's going to get hot here. We are now 2021 November. We're having the same discussion. So stop asking people to sit back and be patient and let it play out. It's already played out. We've seen it. You're just late to the party. You're still clinging to hope that this will be different. And it might be, but don't ask people like us to go there with you. If it's different, I'll give them credit at the end, but I am not going to make the mistake of picking this team against a team like Ohio. I did it against Michigan State. Against everything I believed, I picked Michigan over Michigan State, and it made me look like an asshole. Yeah. And, Matthew, I I don't understand you saying
1: there's a lot of football left. Sure. Michigan's number seven in the CFP. Yes. The poll takes one or two losses, and Michigan is right there. They just have to win out, so they do control their own destiny. I'm not sure – They, they need Michigan state to lose. They're not there. There's, I don't think there's a world where Michigan moves ahead of Michigan state unless they lose.
0: I, I think he thinks that just by the power of Michigan, if they win out that of course the college football playoff committee would put Michigan in over Michigan state because it's Michigan.
1: You cannot justify Michigan moving ahead of Michigan state in any scenario when they played against each other and Michigan lost unless Michigan state loses twice. And, and then Michigan is then back in the driver's seat for their big 10 standings. There's, there's no way they, they do not control their own destiny. They could win every single game and they have to have somebody ahead of them lose for them to move into anything of any substance. That's, that's a fact. There's no way there, there's no way that they can get back up there high enough unless some other teams lose. So that's, that's the definition of not controlling your own destiny. Um, I think this is a good question. It's one I've thought about a lot already because we haven't seen what this team does off of a loss yet. So what do we think is Michigan crisp and body Indiana, you know, beat them by 20 some, like, like the spread says, or is this a little bit of a trap game and they're a little bit down in the dumps and they're looking at Penn state a little bit. Like I think both scenarios are pretty realistic and we haven't seen what this team can do yet. I do In the big picture, I don't think there's much different about this team. I don't. I mean, it's still a Jim Harbaugh-led team. I still feel like they're going to have the biggest of the biggest games left on their schedule, and it's just not going to go their way because that's everything we've just talked about. But I do do like the senior captain leadership out of guys like Aiden Hutchinson, Vistardis, Ronnie Bell, who's not playing, Josh Ross. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a pretty strong bounce back against a team that's not very good. Indiana's not a good team. I know they just played Michigan State pretty tough, but they're 2 and 6 and they've only beaten like like absolute like trash teams. Um so I would expect Michigan to win pretty easily, but this is a very this is a very curious curious thing because we don't know how the what the mental mental uh, fortitude is of this team because we
0: haven't had to see it yet. off a of lot Well, here's what I was, I was thinking that, and I kind of had the same thought process. I think we talked about this on one of the earlier shows, but you know, for all the reasons you mentioned, I think the senior leadership on this team, I think the captains on this team, I think that they will come out fired up and ready to play. I don't, I don't expect there to be an issue from that side of things, but you know, again, you still have the same coaching staff on the sidelines. You're still going to have to deal with those, those in-game moments that matter and I didn't know what time this game was going to be when I first started thinking about it. So it's a night game. Indiana has had an awful season. Michigan's wounded. I think Michigan's going to put him in a body back, but I can see a scenario where this is a four quarter game and Michigan's fighting for their life against Indiana. And even, even if it leads to a win, I feel like they have to come out and win convincingly. I feel like if they get into a dogfight with Indiana, it's going to make Penn state, Maryland and Ohio state look very, very iffy.
1: I know we don't normally do this, but I don't care. I'm doing it. Uh, I did a write up for the Indiana website and I picked Michigan to win 34, 17. So there you go. That's what I think. That's what should happen. At least that, at least that much should happen in my opinion. Will it, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what kind of resolve this team does have after a tough loss. Uh, in this home night game against the not very good Indiana team. Uh Cody, I think this is you hit it on the head, man. Expectations change throughout the season. It's fluid. The rankings change. What you expect a team to do changes. So when the season started and I said seven and five for Michigan and now they're seven
0: and one, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do better than that. Like that, that's me, is it still fair to expect to expect Wisconsin to be a playoff team? I mean things change throughout yeah, the course that, of the that's season. It.
1: That's it. You, you've got to watch what happens. I mean, a guy gets hurt. I mean, like, there's a million things that go into expectations changing. That's 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 the nature of – that's why you do weekly rankings. That's why there's power rankings. That's why you – that's why there's such thing as an upset that maybe didn't look like one at the beginning of the year. I mean, like, yeah, the, the expectations change. So just because you didn't think Michigan was going to be that good this year and now all of a sudden they're doing pretty well, that doesn't mean that Jim Harbaugh, like, suddenly is amazing and gets – you just forget about everything that's happened for the other six seasons. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get that approach right. he's and, 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 good but, job so far this year, but like he's done a good job every year. He's been here, but good's not good enough.
0: Like that. That's
1: that's I what actually wrote an out.
0: article about that. I think yeah. it was literally titled that that's that's Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh does a good job at the university of Michigan. I think is, is anybody debating whether or not Jim Harbaugh is doing a good job at the university of Michigan? He does a good job. I see people make that argument all the time that teams would kill to have nine wins. Every You're right. There are programs that would kill to have the type of success that Michigan's currently having under Jim Harbaugh and has had under Jim Harbaugh, but this isn't most programs. And that wasn't the expectation when he was hired here. So for all this talk about people moving the goalposts, when it comes to Jim Harbaugh, you guys who are apologists for Jim Harbaugh, you are the guiltiest of moving the goalpost because before he was hired, it was the standard to beat Ohio State at the University of Michigan. It was the standard to beat your rivals. And now you guys are talking, we're an academic institution. We can't compete with like get the hell out of here. We can we're not on the same level. We don't look at this program the same if you're there. I, I agree might, with Cody. Stop might, apologizing. Stop might, apologizing for it.
1: I might need to cool Chris off a little bit. I, mean, I might need like, to go take a cold shower. I might need to cool him off a little bit. But but I, I agree with Cody in that the expectations change throughout the year based on what you see. And I don't know that's, to me, that's normal. That's normal behavior in my opinion. Uh, uh, well, okay. This is four games to go. Uh, yeah, that is, that is a question. Who starts at quarterback next year?
0: It better not be a question.
1: We know that Harbaugh will be loyal to Cade this season unless an injury emerges. I don't think that's true. I think if Jim Harbaugh finds a way to not play J.J. McCarthy next year, there will be
0: a freaking riot. We've said, okay, things that can't happen, right? We talked about going into the Michigan State game. You can't lose that game. I am telling you right now, there is not a scenario where next year rolls around and J.J. McCarthy's not the starting quarterback. That can't happen. At least that's how I believe it's going to be, which goes back to if that's always going to be the case anyway – wouldn't you rather have him going into that situation with a full year of game under his belt? Different conversation, but I think it's I think it's J.J. all day. Otherwise, we, you recruit five-star quarterbacks to come play for your football team. You get him out on the field. He's a special talent. We've seen it. If they can't develop this kid into a superstar, there's a big problem. We haven't seen it yet. Cade's the closest thing. And on, on that topic,
1: Jim Harbaugh was a little bit he was a little bit indirect when asked about Cade. Um, I think he said, we'll see. I think that's all he said. Someone asked like, you know, how's Cade doing after he was, you know, reportedly in the injury tent and what's going on there. And Jim Harbaugh just kind of said like, yeah, we'll see. I think that's all he said. So that that's, that's interesting. I mean, what, you know, at this point of the season, you're not hiding anything from anybody. You're not surprising anyone. So if he was good to go, if he was if he was healthy, and he was going to be the guy, I think Harbaugh would have just said, "Yeah, he's fine. He's fine." I I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that means for this Saturday. I mean, if dude, if JJ McCarthy walks out there to start that game in Michigan Stadium at night,
0: let me let me ask you a question. Be, uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, if k has got a boo boo and can't play, and JJ plays. A full four quarters against Indiana. Michigan gets the win. JJ looks decent. I mean, at this point, is there a reason to even go back? Or do you just ride it? (laughs) Do you go back? Man. If it looks good, if it looks as good as a lot of people think it's going to look. I don't know, man. Listen.
1: I, I actually, okay, everybody knows where I stand on Harbaugh. I wanted him gone last year. I wanted him, I, I, I was not impressed. I haven't been impressed in quite a while, but I was all the way done with him last year. And then they cut his salary and they cut his buyout. And I'm like, well, freaking get rid of the guy. What are you doing? Like, it's clear you don't trust or value what he's doing now versus when he was brought in. Whatever. That's beside the point. But then everybody says, Who are you gonna get? You can't just move on from you. Gotta give him a little bit more time. Rich rod like oh my god, if we do the Rich Rod, that, that was like a decade ago or more. The ghost like,
0: of Rich Rod will haunt this program forever.
1: But look what Ryan has to say here. So many people arguing that Harbaugh has to say you gotta back him, there's no one out there. LSU is shit canning Ed Orzron. He won a title two years ago.
0: <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's fired. You know He's, why? Because they like to win football games there. He's that's fired. That's the job.
1: I was just reading about Joe Moorhead yesterday because I love his offense at Oregon. And that would be like, you know, a potential head coach maybe to look at down the line. I know he didn't do real good at Mississippi State. He was at Mississippi State for one year and they shit canned him, got him out of there. <laughs> like, this, that's like eight year leash when you're not really doing what you're supposed well, to do. Oh, give him a few more years. Unprecedented. <laughs> Unprecedented. If he didn't wear the winged helmet and number four and play for Bo, this is a moot point. This is a non discussion at this point. But that's a g- dude, Orzron won a title two years ago. They're shooting him to the moon after this year.
0: Bye. Yeah. Later, <laughs> later, Coco. Meanwhile, we got people like, listen, by year 11, this thing's sure to take off. Because obviously, based <laughs> on these hypothetical scenarios, right? <laughs> I said that to, I said that to Jamie on the radio today. I'm like,
1: we're, we're, we're approaching a decade and this, we're still, and he's like, Oh, come on. It's not a decade. Don't be adding years. I'm like, Jamie, in another couple of weeks, we're going to be heading into year eight.
0: Dude. Again, That's almost a decade. I don't even think JJ was old enough to stay home alone when Harbaugh was hired. <laughs> yeah.
1: Damn, dude. I'm, these comments, there's so many of them. When I scroll down to get the new ones, It like jumps and then I I can't even go back up to the old ones. So I don't know. Anyway, just going to keep going. There's a bunch of them in here. You guys are bringing some really good stuff to talk about. We're just
0: breezing. Look at, we're at 44 minutes. I I feel like I've even taken a breath.
1: I know. I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, A lot of comments. Not, uh, this is an interesting question. I, I wouldn't no. I wouldn't, would I be okay? Sorry. I forget something. might not be seeing the, the question. Would you be happy with a new year's six bowl? No, because like, if is, it, that is, comes, it, is it 10 and two and a new year's six say, bowl. If that, if that comes along with a loss to Michigan state and Ohio state, then no. Why, Bro, like, why let, would you be
0: happy with that? Let me ask anybody a question. If Michigan goes to a new year's six bowl with a 10 and two record and losses to Michigan state and Ohio state, are you repping that? Let's say they get the bowl game. They, they win the bowl game. Are you repping that gear from that season? Are you proud of that season? Is that a successful season? And and I want to say this because I said this to Brandon earlier, and I want to make sure that that I I clear I clarify this. A lot of people who defend Jim Harbaugh will go to his winning percentage, and they will talk about they will compare it to other coaches in the Big Ten. They'll compare it to other coaches since you know 2015 when Jim Harbaugh came in. Do you know who winning percentage benefits? One person, one guy, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh. Ask yourself when you're bragging about a 70% winning percentage, ask yourself, does Aiden Hutchinson give a shit about Jim Harbaugh's winning percentage? Does, (laughs) does any player on that roster when they're down after that ass kicking by MSU says, yeah, but you know what? The winning percentage this year is looking really damn good. no, So stop using winning percentage as like some sort of like holy grail. That this is the ultimate defense. It's not, guys. He should have a high winning percentage against Rutgers, Minnesota, uh, Illinois teams like that. He should be beating those teams. Mm -hmm. I don't. Why? Why is it that you guys want to talk about seven and one, but you don't want to talk about zero and nine? Why do you want to talk about seven and one, but you don't want to talk about zero and five? Everybody's so fixated on seven and one. He's seven and one. You love that record, but you won't even talk about the other ones.
1: Yeah, that is blows my mind. That is peculiar. And I'll throw this up and I don't know if we need to talk about this much anymore. I I get Joshua. I guess he says we're looking at Indy. So making the big 10 championship, he said, he's talking about the playoffs, three teams ahead of Michigan. Michigan plays one Ohio state, Michigan state play each other, Alabama, Georgia play each other. It's possible to get into the top four without Indy. I, I cannot see a scenario where the non-Big Ten champ makes it to the playoff.
0: I, how, about this? Wrong, how about this? How about, how about this? I would hate to see that happen. I would feel well, I would feel dirty. It would feel a little bit greasy, Listen, but okay. If, okay are that. you talking about a ten wait, are we talking ten and two or we're talking Michigan wins out?
1: It would be Michigan winning out. So they'd be eleven oh, okay. and, All right. don't make it to Indy because I guess that at that point, Michigan state would have also won out
0: if they win out. No, I thought we were talking about a 10 and two scenario. There, there is no, there is no scenario in the world where 10 and two makes me happy. None. Yeah, that is, that would be really interesting. So that would mean that Michigan
1: state runs the table. They go 12 and Oh, or no, that could go 11 and one. They could also go 11 and one and they would, they would own the tiebreaker against Michigan. Right. So like
0: that's why it's two.
1: So what would it be? It would be like Michigan State would lose to Penn State, but then beat Ohio State. Michigan beats Ohio State. Michigan State would go to Indy. Right. That I mean, maybe, dude, but I don't think so. I don't think a a team in the Big Ten that doesn't play in the Big Ten title game is going to the playoff. Shouldn't. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I mean, that would be – I mean, man, that's – I guess you're backing into the playoff. But, I mean, at that point, do you really care the playoffs, the playoff, you still haven't beat – you still uh, you still haven't won a Big Ten title. You I guess you would you would have added the Ohio State oh, win. Let, let me
0: ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you do win out, you don't go to Indy, So you don't get to win a title and you get you get hammered the first round of the playoffs. Is that a successful run? Like you miss the conference championship and you get boat raced in the first round of the playoff like I don't know, man. We're, we're like, I, I just feel like as a fan base, we're like trying to like convince ourselves what we should be happy and satisfied with. Like grasping at straws, like, well, this would be enough or that would be okay. Or if if this happened, I, w- I would walk away, I guess, feeling good about it. Like, can we stop doing that? Like just win, just yeah. win. I have watched other coaches and other teams do it, win. And Ron Thomas, I do need a hug. Thank you.
1: You need, yeah I was just going to, we're in our feelings right now, man. We're just in our feelings. No, no rational statistics to back up what we're saying. This is all. Wait, just- hold, hold on,
0: hold on a second. What is the? They're not. Thinking I don't even of know this. I they're
1: think he's referring of- to. Referring to, I don't referring to an other comment that, yeah, we we've got so many coming in from okay. three different platforms that I don't know exactly what. So either. hold
0: on a second. So, so the, the general consensus there by Mr. Glasper is that everything we've said so far is based entirely on emotion. Uh, Yet the people, the people who are out there using memes from Cade McNamara last year to give us hope for this year. Like, I come on, man, I, I will, this, this is not emotional. This is facts. No. Like, I'm, I'm, I we can give you actual numbers. That's not what I,
1: I actually, I, I mean, I hate to say this. I told Chris this earlier, covering this team for eight years has killed a lot of my emotion. I'm not going to lie. I just, I, 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 I look at the numbers. I look at the expectations. I look at the shortcomings. I look at all those things and that's all I need. I've said this to Chris before too. Like, I feel like there's, Multiple things that are in unacceptable and maybe even fireable if you're the head coach at Michigan. And Jim Harbaugh has like several of them that won by them, like going 0 for 5 against Ohio State is like is close to maybe being fireable. Nobody's got, ever been
0: allowed to do it.
1: Going three and four against Michigan State in seven years is maybe close to being fireable. He's got that, too. Going 0-2 against Mel Tucker in a rebuild against a team that's not very talented. They're much better this year, but last year that team was trash. They lost. That's maybe close to fireable. The the no wins on the road against ranked teams, the never winning as an underdog, the no trips to Indy, which obviously means no Big Ten titles. All of those things by themselves are like in the discussion of like, is this really our guy? You know, maybe four or five years in. We're in year seven. He's got all of those. This, bro, this is this, this is emotion. Do you do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not talking this, about me being upset. I'm not talking about me being disappointed. I'm spitting you numbers. That's it. Right. There's no emotion there. Am I emotional about those numbers? You're damn right.
0: I, okay. I, I want to watch this team win at a high level. And it hasn't go. Happened. go you know what? I just go back to that question I, I brought out before. What, what was I forget what that gentleman's name was, but you can ask yourself. Would you have signed on to this if you knew these were going to be the results before he was even hired? Look at the total body of work, the winning percentage, top 15 teams, road top 15 teams, rival. Look at look at the total body of work for Jim Harbaugh up to today and tell me would you have pressed the hire button if you knew that that was going to be the body of work? If you say yes, please explain to me what you're basing that on. I have to know. I've got to know what it is. What is it about his body of work, if you were looking in the future, looks so good to you that you say, yeah, that's worth it. We need that. I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm missing something, so please elaborate.
1: Here's, here it is again. It's Here it is. We just talked about it, man. What, it's unreal. It's what unreal. Do, what, what does 7-1 with a loss to Michigan State mean to you right now?
0: This is, I don't, I don't get it. Mr. Mr. Glasper is the type of guy who gets a hard on for winning percentages. I it don't. It doesn't do anything for me. Beat Michigan state. I beat Ohio state. I did yes, have seven him seven and five. And I, I also, what? Hey, where did, where, hey. hey, uh, DK or D two K two J. Where did the AP poll have Michigan preseason? Not even ranked.
1: Yeah, I mean, like things that was evolve. A it's
0: thing. such a stupid argument to make. What do you want him to do? Do you really want him to predict twelve and zero every year? Is that what's going to make you feel better? Is that what's going to give people like us credibility? Twelve and yeah. zero, man. Twelve and zero.
1: They're going to win every game. They're going to win every single game. That's what I'll say from now on. Why even do our predictions, man? It's a W uh, every week. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, just they're going to win every game. Not a lot of. I'm trying to find more more. Questions, but there's just kind of a lot of back and forth in here. Um Yeah, this is back to the playoff thing. If Alabama takes another loss plus lose to Georgia, does two big te- do two big 10 teams get in? I It's possible. possible. It is possible. I don't really see a, a big 10 team getting in that didn't win the big, that didn't even play in the big 10 title game, but yeah, it's possible. And we have, we have seen something like that before. Didn't Ohio state do that a few years back. Right. Was it the year Penn State won the Big Ten? They didn't go to the playoffs. Yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It's not unprecedented. I get it. I, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see, man. We will see. Obviously, Ohio State. I'm sorry. Obviously, Michigan is a massive brand. We just saw Michigan, Michigan State was the most watched college football game of the season. So there are some th- there are some things working in their favor. Uh, if if there does end up being, you know, kind of this back and forth, if some of those scenarios play out. But again, it's a lot about you know, it's it's a lot about uh it's a lot about some ifs that just flat out have not wait, happened. Wait, that's, can we, that's why I'm not I, super confident.
0: I have a question. Did the the person that posted that comment did they say that you predicted seven and five and then like an LOL or something like that?
1: Yeah, this how, guy ran how, how, Okay, okay.
0: how many okay. wins does Michigan have eight wi- eight weeks into the season? They have seven. They have seven wins. So what what uh, what is this guy even laugh? Again, well, you're Mur- well, Mur- the- hold on, Mur- Mur- but, but what, you're doing, what you're doing, what's your but again? Think about what you're doing. You're already giving them credit for things that haven't happened, and that's what pisses me off. Like pound your chest after they go out and win these next four weeks, because as it well, stands, they've got seven wins on the season. I mean, I would bet,
1: I would bet a lot of money that they're going to win nine games minimum. Because the the Indiana at home this weekend should be an easy win, and Maryland's not very good either, and that's on should the road. Be. So, that's fine. That's great. I, dude, I have no problem saying I I picked the wrong. Score prediction or uh,
0: record prediction before the season started? No problem at all. But that's my thing. If you're off two games, is it that's egregious? I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand no, that line it, of thinking. It's not. I mean, it
1: whatever. I mean, you can look. It, I said seven and five. Let's say they. Let's say they even go ten and two. They do quite a bit better than I thought. Freaking cool, man. You lost to Michigan State. You're probably going to lose to Ohio State, and nothing, nothing new. I mean, like it's. I don't know. I I I, I don't. That won't move the needle for me. Like when I thought they were going to go seven and five and they won more games than that, but didn't really get anything of significance, then
0: I I don't, I don't know. I want to say this. I want to say this to Mel. I don't believe they're going to lose to Indiana or Maryland. What I'm telling you is I'm not giving them credit for wins that they haven't produced yet. That's what I'm not going to do. I see people do that all the time. They look at a record and they say, well, you know what? Michigan's going to do this and Michigan's going to do that. Guess what? In the preseason, I looked at the schedule and said, Michigan is going to beat the shit out of Michigan state. And then things change. So I'm done giving Michigan the benefit of the doubt. I'm done giving Jim Harbaugh the benefit of the doubt. Should they beat Indiana and Maryland? Absolutely. But I'm sure as hell not going to sit here and pound pound the table, give them credit for those wins when they haven't gone out and done it yet. Now we're in... Just do it. Listen, and I said, this guy, this guy's on
1: now upset after one loss. Guess what? dude? I had him at six and two right now. I had him at six and two, even with a seven and five record. Now, again, I'm probably going to be off by more games, but like they just lost the only game that has freaking mattered this year. If you want, like, if you want to just, you know, put them in big, broad categories. Was the win on Wisconsin at Wisconsin solid? It was, it was a solid win. Was the win against Nebraska a solid win? It was a pretty good win. They were fired up. They were in it. Michigan punched back, came back, and got a nice win on the road. Those two games don't mean dick compared to Michigan State and Ohio State. Nothing. Nada. There aren't aren't posters up in the weight room talking about beating Nebraska. Okay? Or Wisconsin. There's not. There are every season the game is basically three to four games. Right. If you lose one of those other ones, it really blows. Like in the past, when they lost to a Maryland, or they lost to Rutgers, or you you know go back to Juice Williams or whatever, they lose to Illinois. Those games blow. Like that's inexcusable. Losing to Michigan State and Ohio State regularly is also inexcusable because those are the ones that you have to get, and those
0: are the ones that count the most. You know, and you know why else it's I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, you know why else? Because we've seen other people do it. I get that it's hard. Nobody's saying it's not hard and not difficult to come out of the Big Ten East but are we really at a point with Jim Harbaugh right now where it's like, that's the argument that people, it's, it's hard. Here's, here's we the, knew here's, the
1: job was hard. Here's the point. I love this earlier this year. I came out, talked about how Michigan was kind of dropping the ball on name, image, and likeness. People jumped all over me, said, I didn't know what I was talking about. And then Hunter Dickinson came out and said the same thing. Then people were like, Oh shit, maybe Brandon knew what he was talking about. I'm saying that, this is a disappointment. Even if they are seven and one, it's a disappointment. It shouldn't happen because they lost to Michigan state. What did Aiden Hutchinson say? What word did he use? I saw that. It is I mean, a requirement that you beat Michigan state, a requirement. Zach Zinner was on social media last week talking about, don't worry, Paul, we'll be bringing you home soon. That's the expectation. It's to beat them. And they didn't. They didn't. So and so, listen.
0: Aiden Hutchinson is freaking jacked that they're seven and one right now. Do you? But but here's the thing. So so, what you have to understand is these guys are going out of their way to make these statements. Now they're going to talk to them, but Zach Zinner doesn't have to post to social media, and and Aiden Hutchinson doesn't have to say things like it's a requirement. But they're saying those things. So if they're going to say it and put it out there, why is it not fair to hold them to the standard they're setting for themselves? Like ask Jim Harbaugh what the standard is at the university of Michigan. Is the standard to beat Michigan state and Ohio state? Is it? Cause if it is it, just answer that yes or no, is it, is that the standard anymore? So I guess like, it,
1: if one of these guys over here, that's asking us about this seven and one thing was at a press conference. And Aiden was speaking. They'd be like, ah, don't worry about that requirement stuff, man. You're seven and one, seven and man. one. No big deal. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that loss last weekend. You're seven and one lot. Someone had you six and two and you're seven and one. Give yourself, take a week off. As a matter of fact, we'll see you on Saturday. Missed me, dude. Miss me with that, man. This, the expectations have changed, but the expectation is always to beat your rivals, dude. Like that, that's you. You have to be able to do that consistently. That's it. That's, there's nothing else. You have to beat Michigan state often, in my opinion. And you have to be able to at least split with Ohio State. Ohio State's been a great program for years, years and years and years. Michigan State has been hot and better over the last 15 to 18. They've had Michigan's number. There's no doubt about it. But it, you've the way Michigan State recruits and things like that, Michigan should, on paper, have a leg up on them. And they haven't. That's even more unacceptable. I think you could make an argument that going 3-4 and four against a Michigan State is maybe more unacceptable than going zero and five against Ohio State. They're cl- in my opinion, in my head, those are close to well, me. It,
0: you know why it's close though? Think about the circumstances. That's that's two different coaches in that three and four, right? So that's over two different coaches in a rebuild. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily a smooth transition when Mark D'Antonio decided to leave Michigan State. It looked like Michigan State was about to fall off for a minute. And it turns out, not only did they not fall off, they've passed. But Michigan. But, but they have passed Michigan. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you right now, in terms of the Big Ten coaching hierarchy, Mel Tucker is head and shoulders above Jim Harbaugh as of today. Can that change in the future? Absolutely, it could change in the future. But I'm not willing again to give credit to Jim Harbaugh for the possibility that he might be able to change that. All I'm doing is looking at the results. And if you can look at the results, the total body of work, and convince me why I should still defend this guy, I want to hear the argument. So I'll say this. I'm I'm about to throw a
1: a comment up here from Lewis Blake on YouTube. It was specifically Ohio State, but I don't think you're going to hurt Jim Harbaugh's feelings if you lump Michigan State into
0: that group. They're going to beat their rivals or they're going to die trying. We said that. That's a Jim Harbaugh. No, thing. he 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 specifically referenced Michigan State. Michigan State was in that. He said Michigan State, Ohio, your your home state of Ohio there. So Michigan okay. State was specifically referenced well, there you go. in the beat him or die, do it or die trying. Again, can can we hold him to that standard if he sets it himself? Is it okay? Yeah. Is it okay to hold Jim Harbaugh to the standard he sets for himself? I, not, not according to some of this fan base. We have to like care for him and hold him and prop him up. This dude's making millions of dollars to coach football where the primary job is to win. Win. Produce. Okay.
1: Had to take a I had to take a cleansing breath there. We're over an hour, Chris. My heart rate's up a touch. Just a touch. I'm good. I said this on the radio today too with Jamie because I, I I'm not really sure where feeling this way and wanting this to happen so badly and being a little upset that it's not and taking exception with the way that Jim Harbaugh's tenure has gone, somehow equates to not liking Michigan. Like I, I don't I I've never understood that. I've put out so many articles where it's like calling out a shortcoming or something that I wish was better. or I wish Michigan had done this, or I can't believe they lost again, or that loss is unacceptable. And someone's like, go cover another team. Like, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like I would cut off my pinky toe if it meant Michigan could beat Ohio state for the next 10 years. Are you shit me? Don't say that to me. I just want them to, I just don't, this is unacceptable.
0: This well, is you know you, you know what the great part about it is every time somebody wants to clap back at you or clap back at me for being overly negative i'm just going to point to the record because everything that i have feared has ultimately materialized it's come true maybe in a different form or a different way nobody expected trouble with the snap but overall there this is now a track record this is a pattern so if you are still one of those fans Who wants to reserve judgment till the end of the season? Totally fine to do that, but don't ask other fans who have been going through this for the last two decades to do the same. It started before Jim Harbaugh got here. I'll give you that, but we all know why he was brought here. That's
1: so. Jamie and Matt Leach both brought that, both dropped that on me on the radio today, like they they had some big point. Like this, oh, 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 this is not just the Jim Harbaugh problem, and I'm like, well, okay. Well, eh, I mean, kind of, kind of, because, well, okay, I'll say that it wasn't. Certainly, it hasn't been with Ohio State. They've won the, the every game for two decades, almost minus one or two. And Ohio and Michigan State's been been better than Michigan since like 2008 or nine. Um, but that but that's the key point. Jim Harbaugh was hired to fix all that. He was the fixer. He didn't like the moniker. He didn't like the idea that he was the
0: savior of Michigan, but that's what he was brought here to be. Before you go any further, we're all in agreement there. That was the expectation, right? We He was brought in to fix it. There wasn't a single person in December of 2014 that didn't believe he was brought here to fix it, right? That was the general consensus. So the, the idea that we're going to now compare track records with Jim Harbaugh, Super Bowl-winning coach, you know, Man, Dude. He
1: did win it. He played in it.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Super. He coached in a Super Bowl. It was AFC champion. I think he turned around the 49ers franchise. His track record was solid. This is not Brady Hoke. This is not Rich Rodriguez. Why you're trying to put Jim Harbaugh's record up against those two guys? It wasn't he supposed to be head and shoulders above them anyway? Wasn't that the expectation? So yeah. he's doing the bare minimum of what was expected. But it's the other stuff. That we thought was going to come along with it. We thought when he was hired, Ohio State was on the clock. I can show you. I can go back and show you infographics from Fox that's that where where guys are saying Jim Harbaugh's, Urban Meyer's. You know, Lee Corso I think said Jim Harbaugh's Urban Meyer's greatest nightmare. Yeah, really. This is what they were saying about Jim Harbaugh when he was hired. It it, it is so far different. You, I think maybe that's part of the problem is we're so far removed from 2015 and what the expectation was when he was brought here. We're just broken. Like we just have now just accepted it. That wasn't what this was supposed to be.
1: I saw a clip. I saw a clip the other day of that, that introductory press conference of Harbaugh being hired at Michigan. Dude, he had about a thousand teeth that day. I, I mean, uh, smile was this off the screen. People glowing, energetic. Know. Che- cheering clapping he was
0: do, he was do, he was do you think do you think the energy in that room centered around zero and five against ohio state the belief yeah. that that was coming <laughs> <laughs> if so, if but someone, you moved the goalpost, brandon you if, moved it
1: if someone would have stood up and said jim
0: i'm pretty sure you're going to lose five games in a row to ohio no, state. no psychic medium if she had been in the room and said hey i just want everybody to know I, i'm glad we're all feeling good but this is going to be zero and five and three and four against Michigan State. It would have been like, have you ever seen that Chris Farley gif where like he's like smiling and then his face transitions to terror? That's yeah. what it would have been. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ah, oh,
0: Sam, I don't want to do the argue thing. <sighs> they're winning. Wait, they're doing what? They're winning the same amount of games as they did under Bo, Gary, and Lloyd. Ohio State is just better. Hey, you know what? Take that last line, Sam, and put that on a banner and hang it up in your basement. If you think that's what, if you think that's what this situation is at Michigan, right? Like, look at what, look at what you're saying. Look at what you're saying. You weren't saying this in 2015. Stop. Stop. Stop defending this guy, man. That's wild. I've said it before, care more about the team than you do Jim Harbaugh. We all want the team to be really good. The difference is some of us have now seen enough to know that Jim Harbaugh can't get him there. And that's fine. I give him all the credit in the world. He put this team back into the national spotlight. He, he definitely made some improvements when he got here, but it seems to me after seven years, it's safe to say, okay, I think we've reached ceiling with Jim Harbaugh. I think we've seen what this is going to be. Is it good enough? And I have a feeling that maybe for Jim Harbaugh and his winning percentage, it's good enough. But for these players that continuously come in and out of Michigan and leave without ever getting a chance to play in Indy, ask them if it's good enough. I don't think it is.
1: What years? What years was uh, was Lloyd Carr at Michigan?
0: Oh, his, his final season was 06, and I think he took over. What I nine. can't remember. His first year was it nine. 95, 96? I think ninety was 97 his first season? Maybe it was. It might I think have been. 97 was his first year.
1: So I'll just say, let's, let's say it was 96. From 1996 to 2007, Michigan lost to Michigan State uh, two times. From uh, 1969, when Bo took over, if you want to do the Bo-Gary-Lloyd thing, from 1969 to 19... 19- 94 Michigan lost to Michigan state, uh, four times. Uh, and then, so, you know, then you've got Gary Moeller in there from the late eighties to
0: the nineties, Michigan dude. No careful with those comparisons. Oh, no, no, no. It's (laughs) it's not even freaking close. You (laughs) know why, you know why guys like Bo and Gary and Lloyd got the extra leeway because they beat teams like Ohio state. They just did it. If, if, if we have even one win over Ohio state in the last seven years, I don't even know that we're having this conversation. I put it this way. If Jim Harbaugh still had one win over Ohio state to this point in his career, we would still be entirely justified in having the same conversation we're having right now.
1: That's how bad it is. 95 or 96 to 07 for Lloyd. So, I mean, that's just, he's kind of viewed as like the, the last, you know, really good. I don't know, whatever. 95 to 2007. (laughs) Dude, Michigan, he lost to Michigan State three times in like a 12- or 13-year span. So stop. Jim Harbaugh is under in seven years. Stop. Stop. Stop doing that. And all three of those coaches have multiple wins over Ohio State. Stop. stop. And have been to Indy, Big you're Ten going, title. You're going to Come lose on. that
0: argument, Sammy. You're going to lose it. The thing like, is, you know what? You know what really pisses me off is that, like, I'm not even – I don't even know that I want to say but Bo Beckler is what he is. Lloyd Carr. I'm a huge fan of Lloyd Carr. Those guys earned their buy-in. Look at their record against Ohio state. Look at their first five games against Ohio state. What was the record? Like they earned the buy-in they got from the fan base because they produced on the field. Jim Harbaugh didn't earn his buy-in. You just gave it to him and you keep giving it to him and you keep thinking he's going to produce. And again, he might, but he hasn't. And it's okay to say that, and far too many people in the Michigan media and the Michigan fan base are uncomfortable saying that. And I don't get why. It's a weird thing, man. It's a—it's re- almost cult-like. I'm looking for a reason, rolling
1: through the night to find my place in this world. I don't know.
0: That song just hit me, dude. I'm sorry. How do you
1: feel about that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think I need another beer, and probably I got to change my shirt. <laughs> Dude, I hey, look, at, I don't know how the people out there feel about what? it. I don't know what the numbers are, but that that show, that was a blast. You guys kick ass, man. I couldn't even keep up with the questions.
1: Dude, we probably skipped a whole bunch, and I, I do apologize if we did. We got to do this again, man. We got to do was this again. There were so many coming in that when I would go to one, I'd go to one, and then I'd scroll down a little bit, and it would just – it would just jump. I know you guys can't you guys can't see the platform but on StreamYard I've got comments coming in from YouTube, Facebook and Twitter and they're they're just there's a ton and when I when I scroll down a little bit and it just jumps. So anyway, dude, I still think we got to a lot of really good stuff. There were a ton of people in here throwing comments at us. I saw a bunch yeah, of new names in here throwing comments at us, which yes, appreciate that. Keep it coming back. Tell your friends Monday, Wednesday, Friday at seven. I do believe we are going to go earlier on Friday. So that way our guest can, can make it. Cause he can't come at, uh, at seven, but we're going to have somebody come on and talk about Indiana on Friday and maybe a, uh, maybe a special guest as well. Not a player, not a coach, but somebody else that I, I truly, truly value their opinions on things. So,
0: we And I, I just want to say real quick before we hop off, Sam, I see your comment saying good job. Hey, man, we might not agree, but your interaction, we appreciate all of it. Man. I love the debate. The debate, listen, I live for that.
1: This is another thing. I mean, I'll talk some shit on Twitter. I'll call someone a goofy or a dummy or a dumbo. It's never personal, dude. I don't dislike anybody who's like, I love Harbaugh. I'm like, well, I don't agree. agree, and I think you're... I think your reasoning is flawed, but I don't dislike that person. So I might've said, Oh, get out of here, Sammy hit the road. I, dude! No, come back. Be back here every week. We want that. We like the debate. We like the talking. So we will see uh, Lewis. I see your question there. I'm going to start the music over again. Cause I'm not quite done talking. Uh, I don't know what time yet. I'm sorry. I can't give you a time, but it's, we're, I'm, I'm trying to work with the guy who covers Indiana, his schedule. I can't remember what he's got. He's doing, I think he has his own, his own stream or his own show with guests on, on Friday. So he's trying to work out the schedule. So I would, I wish I could give you a more concrete time, but I just don't have it yet. So we'll announce it on Facebook. I'll put it out there on Twitter. We will be back on Friday. I'm thinking I mentioned four o'clock to him. I know that's a little earlier in the day. People might still be working. It is what it is. It'll be up there. You can see it again on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. It stays up there. So anyway, we will try to do it whenever we can. But uh, yeah, I do I do anticipate it to be quite a bit earlier on Friday. So just keep it locked. Pay attention. Ask us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever. We'll try to answer it. But thank you so much again for everybody who contributed, sent in the questions in the comments. We just did a whole damn show, and we didn't even have a, st- a script or a structure.
0: I mean, dude, our that speaks to the people. They're incredible. Incredible. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back on Friday.